You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. We're back, and those touchstones mean that we're beginning our Straight Talk segment on this issue, uh, this edition of Real Presence Live. Father Jason Leffer joining me, Father James Gross, priests for the Diocese of Fargo. And we are ready to take your calls and, and uh, answer your questions. Give us your best shot. 877-795-0122 is the number. You can also leave a question on our Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. And if you're a shy listener and if you know Father Gross's number or mine, feel free to text us your questions too. You can go to the to the Facebook page for Real Presence Live. Anyway, smoke signals, we'll take it anyway. We really, really, really do want to hear from you. Even yep. if you don't have a question, if you have something you want to comment on or whatever, as yeah. you know, it doesn't take much to stimulate Father Gross and I into talking. <laughs> and we'd, we'd rather, instead of just hearing ourselves talk, we'd rather hear ourselves talk about what you want us to talk about. <laughs> exactly. The contact, the comments, uh, that, that's really the important part, you know, more than just uh, identifying someone's... You know, somebody might say, well, we've been reading in the Gospels uh, this week about how you're not supposed to stand on the street corner and, you know, draw attention to yourself and but shout you things out. But if read the footnote on that, it says you are supposed to call one eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Okay, I better recheck that. So, is that in the New American? Uh, uh, yes, okay, it, it, yeah. Check the, footnote, the footnote on the footnote of the footnote. <laughs> the penumbra. Oh my goodness! Yeah, well, some ancient manuscripts include. <laughs> But I yes, mean, indeed. Father Gross and I, we do have a lineup of things that we're interested in talking about, which we will mm-hmm. do. But again, please, uh, this is your time, so take advantage of it. Yes, and yes. Us. You know, it is an exciting time. I was just looking ahead toward uh, next week. We've got all of these great celebrations coming up, not only uh, Corpus Christi this Sunday, which we'll be talking about in the second hour, but... Because Sacred Heart uh, occurs on the Friday after Corpus Christi, and it lands on June 24th, it bumps another solemnity to the previous Uh, day. You're hurting me, because it's one of my favorite celebrations all year. (sighs) The Nativity of St. John the Baptist on Thursday the 23rd, followed by the... Uh, as uh, some friends of mine from out in the Northeast would say, the Feast of the Sacred Hat. So uh, <laughs> on on uh, June twenty fourth, so you've got two back to back solemnities in the church next week. Okay, so you're getting me fired up, and this is what happens when you have too many saints. Like like they say, have you ever heard this? You know what the problem with this place is? The people are too nice. The food is too good. The beds are too soft. The <laughs> okay. In other words, what, what's the problem with the church? There's too many saints. We've got too many good things all at one time. We don't have enough time on the calendar <laughs> to celebrate them all, you know? And so that, okay, so I've been on a journey this past week. It takes yes. me too far. So a lot of incredible things. Out, going out to the Wild West. Yeah, a lot of incredible <laughs> things going on with our neighbors in the Bismarck Diocese. Boy, they have had a week of grace out there. Uh, Bishop Kagan, um, and their whole vocation work out there. They brought in five newly ordained priests uh, uh, just this this past uh, Monday here, and their first masses were Tuesday. I, I was involved with that um, because of my former work as pastor of the Newman Center, where uh, so Father Logan Obergewich. Now he had been a student there and a peer minister of mine, and he had discerned into the seminary, and and so it was his. He was one of the five men ordained in his his first mass, which was. 
powerful and beautiful. And so it was, you know, it's always exciting. Like as, as a priest, you know, mm-hmm. a spiritual father, like to have, you know, we, with some people you have very intimate, long-term relationships. Some people it's just, you touch here, there, you just briefly pass. But as a priest, you have all these experiences in life where you, spiritually speaking, where you have a relationship with people and effects and all that. And mm-hmm. I, I was just super privileged to have some tiny, small part in, yeah. in, in Logan's journey, right. Father Logan's journey. All five of them are native to the diocese, I believe, well, aren't no, they? Well, no, Grant Dvorak, his, his grandfather's from Minto. Well, yes, okay. But no, Grant didn't. But I bring that up because Uh Father Mona is telling me about... Which is a town just to the north of Grand Forks, for those who are listening. Yeah, so Father Father Grant's grandfather was a saint. You know, I I mean, Father Mona is giving all these things about his story. So I I love hearing just the lineages, the spiritual lineages of these families. And where where do these men come from? Are are they born on the priest tree? You know, where they come from? But no, it's their families, right? And Mm -hmm. Or even like in, you know, Father Logan's family and others, you, you speak to the different people and and how they themselves have been drawn deeper into faith because of the, their children making the sacrifice and uh there there's um vocation director father dosh out there he brought up this and i bet you and i think you may even relate to this one the diocese of bismarck growing up so for 17 minus uh, roughly five so, so at least like 14 years of my life every time we received communion we prayed the vocation prayer for vocations, and it's, it's like burned in my brain. I remember that prayer, and I know if yeah. I start saying it right now, you'd say it with me too because it was mm-hmm. just there. And there's a couple lines in there. The the one is it always you know, um, you know, raise up boys and girls with uh, the, the generosity necessary to respond to your call. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, and I I was always like, as I'm praying, I would be like, well, who who are these boys and girls? Who are these boys and girls that are going to respond? And I remember it was about a year into my priesthood, I, all of a sudden that prayer came back to me one day, and I was just like, oh. It was me. You know, I was one of those boys and girls. Well, then it struck me here, too. Well, well Logan was one of those boys and girls. Like, as the prayer goes out, you don't know how it's going to affect, but it made this big difference. And here, years later, you see the fruit of the prayers of the people yeah. coming, coming forth, right? Just powerful stuff. Families wanting to live out that vocation, to be who they are, and to allow the grace of God to nourish them. This is part of the fruit okay, of that. Now, Coming this back to the full circle about the saints and not enough days to celebrate. Right. Yesterday, um, so Bishop Kagan has the privilege, which I don't know if you think about all the things that bishops do. What do you think are their favorite? Maybe ordinations, confirmations, you know, all all the different things that bishops do. They don't, not... You never hear a bishop say, oh, I love doing the administration. I love taking yeah. care of all the debts. and the Another finance council meeting. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> but, but, right. So guess what Bishop Kagan got to do yesterday? He announced for his diocese that they are starting officially starting the canonization process of Michelle Dupont, who she's from Hebron, North Dakota. I mean, Senior Shea, who's from there as well, he was with them. It was the closing of the focus training. At <laughs> yes, the there are focus missionaries who come to the campus of the University of Mary to train prior to their beginning their uh, missionary service in the upcoming school year. And so it was the closing mass, the sending forth, and Monsignor Shea had this beautiful, again, he is such a such a wonderful spiritual father and how he speaks and gives the word and blessing. It's just powerful if you ever get to receive a blessing from him or his inspiring talks. But he was giving a blessing to the all the focus missionaries now that are going to be sent off now into the mission field. And he said, before we go, invite Bishop Kagan over. And Bishop Kagan came over and he introduced that through a process that they've been doing already, um, it's time now, they've made the official, they're starting the official process to investigate the life of Michelle Dupont to hopefully that it ends with the official canonization uh, in the church for the universal church of her declaring her that she's a saint. Now, 
who's Michelle Dupont? Well, she's she's one of us, Father Gross. I yes. mean, from, from us, or you know, the the farm family background and all this small family, North Dakota kind. Of, well, the mm-hmm. Duponts are not a small family; they're a great family. But, right, right. But a small town context. There we go. Thank you. And and she found her way through NDSU, the Newman Center, Father Cheney down there. She mm-hmm. her faith she got from her family, but she responded in the Holy Spirit, uh, became a focused missionary, came back and camp inspired. Many, 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 many people mm-hmm. to the gospel, and uh, there's even you can go online. There's a YouTube video of her yeah. giving a little teaching. Do you know so. what her age was when the Lord called her home? Was she still in her twenties? Yes. Was she okay? Yeah, very young. And, right. Yes. Very and, devoted to evangelization on that diocesan level. Ex- so that's where a lot of people yes. throughout the diocese of Bismarck ex- at least heard of extremely her. Extremely inspiring, if so, not met her directly. And so then you see all these worlds that come together through her. Where, it, rural North Dakota, the Bismarck diocese. Uh, uh, North Dakota State University, the Newman Center, North Dakota State University, Focus. Mm-hmm. She's a Focus missionary, and everybody in Focus here, they Focus has this beautiful video about her life and example, and 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 just even the you know we should get Father Cheney on here and mm-hmm. have him t- you know talk to us about his because he worked with her for over you know eight years, right? Total, probably, and and. Um, but just, it, I mean, we could almost pick up any person who's connected there, and they'll have a Michelle Dupong story yeah. about how she she loved them, witnessed to them, um, testified, brought them forth. So this is, I, I mean, I'm so excited about this because there's such heaviness in the world right now. This is wonderful. This is so wonderful. Such good news. And you're just awesome. It's what you the know? local church needs. Uh, yes. Absolutely. So praise God. Yes. Eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two is our number. You can also leave a question on the Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. So they had some great celebrations. We, a week prior, were able to welcome two newly ordained priests into the Diocese of Fargo. And they're going to be beginning their respective assignments later this month. So late June, beginning of July is, I think, in great many parts of the country where that turnover happens and i always think of the uh the parishioners and the adjustment you know with um especially if someone has been um particularly dear to their hearts and has been there for a long time and you know to uh to to adjust to the new guy and that uh that they i pray that they have the grace to you know uh, be open to accept uh, the ways in which the lord works through them okay so here again gosh you get so inspired in this stuff but you're touching off i want to compliment both in both the liturgies for the ordination in Fargo and the liturgy for the ordination in Bismarck. The the liturgies themselves and the bishops did a tremendous job, but the people supporting them, especially the music and the choirs, mm-hmm. they were exceptional. Yes. Bo- both Fargo and Bismarck, they were exceptional. I mean, um, the, the music itself was just communicating God and the grace of God and human coming together. It was... It was just powerful experience of God and man coming right. together in the most beautiful way. Yep. It should be a showcase of the best, you know, to give God the best because of the nature of our uh, of faith. You and, know? and, you know, I just I don't want to toot my own horn or whatever, but again, it's, it's fatherly pride on my part in the sense that in both of those uh, liturgies were former students of mine who have keep, they, they've, they're maturing and, and have become very mature Christians through through liturgical expression and and music and their their voices and their, their playing and and I'm so proud of them. I cannot and, and they've moved on now to help in different parishes and both dioceses mm-hmm. and beyond, yep. bringing sacred music to uh, and it, it just I'm so proud of them. I mean just I mean you you, you sit here I'm, I'm like a little nobody from nowhere, but to see 
the, the beauty, the liturgy, the faith, the, the sacrifice of the human person and Father Logan. Yeah. And, they're, and it's Father Gross, it, it just... It makes you so happy to be Catholic. It makes you so happy to be alive and see the goodness and the sacrifice and the beauty and how God is blessing us. It's, it's a privilege to be part of their journeys. And as we have Father's Day coming up this weekend, that's one of the things that I identify with as people, maybe mostly out of politeness or whatever, will say, Happy Father's Day, you know. And you think, well, that that's one of the manifestations of that uh, ability to exercise fatherhood within the body of Christ. And again, at, at both of those ordinations, we had these young families, these marriages that you and I have worked very hard to help with these couples, and they're, and they're being so fruitful. They're being so fruitful, and the, the children everywhere, and the, these families and couples. And, and again, like I'm, I'm thinking of the two banquets where we were for after the ordinations, and, and looking around at the, the families, and the just like, God is good, God is alive, and the people are responding to grace. And they're you know, there's a lot of heaviness and darkness in the world, but th- there's life happening. It- it's coming, and God is blessing us. And it, mm-hmm. we just, we can't be grateful enough, thankful enough, or celebrated enough, and we can't talk about it enough, because people need to hear this, that yeah. in the midst of the heaviness of the world. You know, it's like that analogy of if you have a grill with several charcoals that are uh, glowing, but are separated from each other, you won't be able to do much with it, but when you bring them together, and that combined, that collective heat, you know, builds up into a fire, then you are able to uh, produce something, so and, and you, people coming you together. And I, being res- responsible priests that we are, we both took the time, like the church requires us to go on retreat in the past month right and so like even coming back it's good to have this the summer i'm still waiting for the summer lull to happen (laughs) it hasn't quite happened yet it's still still going corpus christi and all that's going for but you know it wasn't so good i mean i'll say for myself maybe when i say a word but Mm -hmm. coming back off of retreat into all the this glory it just it's just so good and it just it makes you so happy as a priest the privilege of the souls that God has entrusted to you that to go about, you know, like you can say like so much of marriage is about taking out the garbage, you know, making a meal, you know, there's a lot in the priesthood as well, like that day to day grind or whatever, but it just, it it reminds us, we, we took a break. We went and got spiritually renewed and coming back to say, thank you, God. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's all worth it. Thank you so much. And thank you for letting us be in the daily grind of being, a priest. Right, because it's so, um, I mean, it's so often a person will, uh, you know, fail to to, to, to live in a, in, in a properly recollected way. And so to be able to do that, to, to remove yourself for a time from the setting, to, uh, you know, be lavish with one's time and attention to God and to, to receive what he's, what he's giving us, that's such an important thing to do, definitely. And uh, I guess the, the um, actual uh, policy that we have in our diocese is that on every other year, at least, um, uh, we priests are required to make a retreat that is provided within the diocese. And then on the alternate year, you can, you know, elect to go elsewhere. So, And then one, this is for all the listen, regular listeners or Father Gross and Father Leffer, you'll know that we regularly interview Bishop Quinn. Yes. From, from the, the Diocese of Winona, Rochester. And mm-hmm. we, we have fun with him about the mighty Bishop The Quinn, mighty you know? Quinn, yes. And we, we love to interview him, and he gives us a little jazz in the air, too. And it's just, he's a wonderful, great spirit 
spiritual father. And this week, or this past week, there was an announcement. Yes, um, a very popular uh, cleric in the United States, um, the uh, aux- one of the auxiliaries from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, Bishop Robert Barron, who has uh, formed a, a very well-known media apostolate, Word on Fire, has been appointed by Pope Francis to become the new bishop of that diocese. And we have many listeners who are in that area in southern Minnesota and uh, southwest Minnesota as well. So we uh, join and congratulate them, and I believe it's toward the end of July that the uh, installation is going to happen. So we were just talking about um, the, the, the the times that we enjoyed being able to, to visit with uh, uh, Bishop Quinn and his generosity for coming on the air. We hope, know. we hope very much to line up at least one last interview with Bishop Quinn before uh, July 29th when yeah. the installation takes place. And one, one other little just Note in the area, listening area. Right. So there's this uh, religious uh, sisters, the Handmaids in New Ulm, Minnesota, mm-hmm. and I just found out my home area of Dickinson that they're they're opening, they're going to Dickinson, and they're right. opening a house there. I think four of the sisters are going, and all all four of the Catholic parishes there are, are going to be taking advantage of the sisters being there. Right. I am so super excited and stoked because uh, the Catholics, the the kids and the children, and the people, they're just going to gobble those sisters up there. Yeah. And those sisters are so beautiful, coming to witness and faith and. <laughs> I think their charism is, you know, the support of parish ministry, right. basically, right? And yes, they, they, were, they were at the ordinations, and they were oh, so excited. Great. And, the, and, the, and it, so my nieces and nephews are out there, met them, and they're just so excited they're coming. And so that's a blessing as well. Yeah, as, yeah. As happens, yeah. So. A, lot of, uh, a lot of great energy coming from uh, orders uh, such as those and the work that they're doing. So we do have a question that was submitted, um, and uh, this uh, listener is um, uh, bringing us this question from Fargo. Uh, whether or not within the diocese there is a courage and encourage program, I think uh, what they're re- what they're referring to there primarily is um, uh, the program that was uh, founded as um, accompanying those who identify same sex attraction and um, you know are discerning how to live out uh, a vocation to holiness in the midst of that. Now, myself personally, I am not aware of a chapter of courage or encourage taking place in the diocese I, I i can speak like in particular situations that that i've i've accompanied people and walked with and and generally the one of the resources that that i've taken advantage of is like the like say essay programs or different uh 12-step programs there's also one mm. uh like in in minot that is um it's similar um and, and again what that why that's important is because it's it's a community of people who wh- whether whether it's sexual issues or addiction issues uh the these kind of things um the one in mind is called renew um okay. but what it is it's a community of people who understand brokenness and how that there is a god and and the the grace is coming and through others who are struggling and witnessing and testifying to reaffirm the dignity of the human person and to give the, to really give you courage to embrace your struggles to know you're not alone and that people are there to walk in a company. So I'm not aware of a courage or an encourage program in our diocese or even the surrounding area that I'm aware of. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I do these other individual helps that I've been able to help people with. I don't know. It, it, yeah, I, I don't have any uh, particular information of, of something in an official way. Um, so that's something before the end of the program, we might be able to hear from, you know, someone in terms of if a, they do know a diocesan call. resource where they could, yeah, they could certainly let us know. Um, one thing that I'm thinking of particularly when you look at this and kind of the, the, the cultural climate that we're in and that we have been in really in the last, you know, two to three decades at least here, um, you know, and, and things really got kind of ramped up with that uh, Obergefell Supreme Court decision regarding, uh, you know, uh, same-sex marriage uh, attempted, you know, in uh, the summer of 2015, I believe that was. You know, the, the church is going to face... You know, I'll, I'll, the church is going to face a lot of suffering and, and a lot of condemnation uh, for its, you know, holding to the truth of, of the teachings of the gospel in the midst of, you know, a very loud component and seemingly increasingly um, hostile and shrill, uh, you know, uh, insisting on, as they might call it, living their truth. Well, you know, that, that whole idea is, we've talked about this many times before, you know, to, to put that kind of adjective, your truth, my truth, their truth you know that in itself is problematic of course so you know we we need to uh, charitably but you know firmly uh, state you know the the ultimate goals that the lord has with regard to creating us as human beings in his image and likeness with a given identity okay and here you know here i've got a text from a real presence listener and here here's the the question or comment that we could uh me process a little bit okay uh, so it's in regard to the sacrament of confession okay how do you overcome fear of approaching the sacrament also what are, what are possibly some good resources for helpful examination of conscience especially in regard to people's different status in life that would help them find their way and why why is it important to go to confession and my understanding is church law it only requires you once once a year but wh- why is it maybe important to go even more often than once mm-hmm. a year it is true that there is a precept that uh, we are to confess uh, all serious sins once a year. So let's say if you are examining your conscience and you are only aware of being guilty of venial sins, uh, the, the penitential rite and, and the reception of Holy Communion, you know, r- removes that 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 state of uh, venial sin. But I would say, in terms of um, a mastery of certain things in one's life, it is a very helpful tool because it's one thing for me, Father Leffer, to just kind of think about privately, okay, I've done this or I haven't done that, you know, and, and I may feel convicted, you know, but it's a whole other step, you might say, to in an overt outward act you know, confess that so that it's outside of my head. It's outside of me. And and I like to use the analogy of removing a weight or a burden from my shoulders and Jesus willing to take that on, on his own, you know, so whether or not it's been, you know, an extraordinary long amount of time, or maybe, maybe not so much, you know, that's one of those things where um, it's, it's just really good medicine. And, um, sometimes the first step is the hardest, you know, so once a person overcomes that first step, um, and, uh, um, you know, breaks the ice, then they find that they have some momentum, you know, behind them. I, I do know, like, and I, so our listeners, they understand, like, Father Gross and I, we're priests, and 
so we understand how hard it is to go to confession. We ourselves have to go to confession, or to get to, I should say. We get to go to confession. Yep. And, and we, we don't just stand in front of a mirror, bless we, me, yeah. Father, for I... We, we, we get to go to another priest. <laughs> yes. And, uh, people don't know this. Priests are very competitive, and it's very humiliating to have to go to a brother priest to say that you messed up as a priest. You know, I mean, it's but mm-hmm. very necessary. So there can be this temptation, like, uh, oh, I'm not going to go, because what's he going to think of me, you know? But what, what I always do is I always focus on what's it going to be like afterwards, like, yeah. what am mm-hmm. I going to feel afterwards? And I, it takes me all the way back to seven years old when I made my first confession. And literally, after my first confi- confession, I felt like I was floating. Yeah. I mean, I really had this lightness floating. I've received that grace every time I've gone to confession since. And this, this yeah. floating, this lightness, this, right. you know. Luke chapter 15, the angels in heaven rejoice over every sinner who repents. So if we can carry that image of the joy that is offered to us and not just think about the, the misery of what we have to And the other thing, to. very practically, call on the Holy Spirit. Give me courage and increase my courage, and also the gift of fear of the Lord, which it sounds scary, but it's not. It's it actually gives you the grace then to go and face what you need right. to to and stir asked, up those gifts. They ask for resource. One of the best resources I've found that for people, it's um, it's it has a, a blue cover with a picture of Jesus' face. It's called Examination of Conscience, and it's by Father Robert Altier. And you can find it online. Um, and I've found that that's been one of the best, most gentle. Okay. Kind of, there's also the Fathers of Mercy have free yes. resources online that you can mm-hmm. go and get. And- yeah, the Fathers of Mercy really, I think, in America have um, you know made a name for themselves with regard to assisting people. And in if you just go go on your your smartphone or whatever access you have and just put Examination Conscience, you'll get some really good resources to come. We up. only have a couple of minutes left in our Straight Talk segment, but we do have a question submitted on Facebook from Phil, and I want to present this to you here, Father Leffer. Recently, I have spoken with some older folks like myself, who spent our formative years pre-Vatican II, Phil says, who have expressed their thoughts of not being forgiven even after the sacrament of reconciliation, saying things like, my sin was too great, or I don't think I was sorry enough. How does one counter that and bring them to experience the divine mercy? Okay, in the 30 seconds we've got, okay, yeah. two things come to me. One, this is Satan working on the soul, wanting to keep you condemned even though you've been set free. So this really what's been described here, it's a condition called self-condemnation, where really, uh, even though the Lord has set you free, you're holding yourself in bondage, even though he's not asking you to be in bondage. Okay, so that's just intellectual understanding of that. One of the things that has helped communicate this to people is when they come in um, and they're struggling with this, I'll say, um, okay, it's like you're coming in here and you're selling me your car. You, you, I pay you, you sign the title over, and now it's my car. And now tomorrow, when you say, hey, Father, I want to I drive my car, I'll look at it and say, what? You're crazy. You're nuts. It's not your car. It's my car. I purchased it. It doesn't belong to you anymore. You have no rights over this car. And as a matter of fact, I'm never going to let you drive this car again. Now get out of here. Okay? Same thing with our sins. You're going in there. You're selling your sins to Christ. He's purchasing them with his blood. There's a transaction that takes place. Those sins no longer belong to you. They are not yours. And so when you leave that confessional and you, you fulfill your obligations of, of saying your penance and you're truly sorry for your sins, you have no relationship with those sins anymore. And so if you try to wear them, put them on, drive them, claim them, whatever, they are not yours. And if, and, and if the person get in the practice of saying, aha, I recognize, this is the voice of Satan, I recognize you, Satan, you go to hell where you belong. And if you want to keep tempting me in this way, talk to my big brother Jesus, who pays the price for me. He's, he's, he's settled this account with you. You take it up with him. Right. And then you turn to the Heavenly Father and say, Father, comfort me. Heavenly Father, comfort me. 
Mm-hmm. So you know, it, just kind of to wrap it up, you have to say you have to say to yourself, what is there that I have done that God cannot you know forgive that He cannot take away? Yeah. So that's a a very very good point to finish up this segment on. Thank you very much to those who have uh, uh, brought their. Um, Uh, brought their various questions to us during this Straight Talk segment. So coming up at the beginning of the next hour, Father Jeff Epler, a brother priest in our diocese, will share about how his parish is joining in the celebration of Corpus Christi Sunday. So stay with us. That and much more on the second hour of Real Presence Live right after this. (laughs) 